You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast, and on this episode, we begin our theme of comebacks. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Volume 2 of the Plain Label Podcast. I am your host, Eric Williams, and along with me is my good friend and co-host, Rachel Zlag. Oh, hello. In our first episode back, we are discussing comebacks, oddly enough. Specifically, we're looking <laughs> at the director, Woody Allen, and the actor, Ben Affleck, in those mm -hmm. roles. And... We picked those people and we're going to discuss films uh, that we think is maybe a return to success. Uh, before getting into our discussion, we would like to mention that we are still proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Head over to DeliberateNoise.com and check out some of the other shows that are over there. And Mrs. Zlag, while some things have changed about the show, some things remain the same. What are you drinking this evening? Uh, I'm drinking a McKinney's um, Irish Ale from Blue Bud Blue Yep Blue Blood Brewery. <laughs> Just one or? <laughs> uh yes yes. So or one um, after another. I forget. Blue, Blue Blood is down the street, so if I need another one, I can go get one. Oh, so okay. it's one Everything's pretty much down the street in Lincoln, though, right? That is exactly true. So. Even though it takes you about half hour to get anywhere. Well, well yeah yeah. Anyway, um, I am. I have not been to Blue Blood, so I don't have anything. Sucker. Yeah, I don't have any comments for that. Uh, I am having from our friends at Lagunitas, um, I'm having their Maximus IPA. Gross. So it is a whole lot of the hops that you owe, you enjoy oh so much. No. No? I don't. No, but, that's why. But I'm drinking it out of something that is because of Ms. Z-Lag. I'm drinking it. <laughs> I'm drinking it out of an Oktoberfest mug that was hosted by the Piedmont. What? The tiny one? The hosted by the Piedmont Bistro that Anel bought this past fall. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because the mugs we get at Oktoberfest are those tiny, like. <laughs> like... No, not the teeny, oh. weeny ones. Like a, a regular Sorry. mug. Like a, I don't know. It's like probably a. Like a 24-ounce mug or so. Right. I'm just picturing you drinking out of that really tiny glass now. <laughs> like a little mini tea a little teacup thing? Yep. That's exactly right. Okay. All right. So, uh, like I said, there's we've got a couple of different segments that we're going to do, a couple of things that are new. Uh, but we're going to start off chronologically because that's what we've always done. That's we've what always we'll... done it that way. I tell you that every time. <laughs> that's what we're always going to do. No, Eric. <laughs> we cannot do it different. We always go chronologically. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of which one are we doing first? Alphabetically. I don't, I don't know which one came out first. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so our first one is from 2005. We're talking about Woody Allen, and the movie is called Match Point. The man who said I'd rather be lucky than good saw deeply into life. Oh my god. It's huge. We're going get lost in here. Huh? Yeah, it looks like you're doing all right for yourself, nice. aren't you? I got married. Very nice. Family's got nothing but money. He saw me across the room and he 
honed in on me like a guided missile. Chris, there you are. Just say your father, please. You know it's been over a week since we made love. Chloe, I'm B. Do very well for yourself. Must you blow it? And how am I going to blow it? By making a pass at me. Just so you are aware of your effect on men. I think I'd be something very special. And are you? No one's ever asked for their money back. I don't think this is a good idea. You shouldn't have followed me here. Do you feel guilty? Do you? Are you having an affair? Of course I'm not. Don't be silly. I don't know what I'd do if I couldn't see you. I mean it. I don't know what I'm doing with you. You're never going to leave, Chloe. Maybe I will. Stop playing games with me. Keep your voice down. I don't fool myself that I haven't gotten used to a certain kind of living. Am I supposed to give it all up? You miss me? Be mad calling me here. If you don't have the nerve to do it, I'll do it. So you're threatening me? If I don't do what you say, you're going to go to my wife. Keeps you have to protect me. My family, my marriage is at stake. Lie to me. You're a liar. You can learn to push the guilt under the rug and go on. Otherwise, it overwhelms you. Chris Wilton is a former tennis pro looking to find work as an instructor. He meets Tom Hewitt, a well-off pretty boy. Tom's sister, Chloe, falls in love with Chris, but Chris has his eyes on Tom's fiance and other things. The luscious Nola. Both Chris and Nola know it's wrong, but what could be more right than love? Ugh. Chris tries to juggle both women, but at some point he must choose between them. Bum bum bum. I didn't notice that. Yeah, I do. Bum bum bum. Yeah, I do. <laughs> the bum bum bum. It was written too yeah. small. I yeah. do appreciate that uh, the film was was uh, you know written a little better than that review. What so could like be that. more right than love? Yeah, ever. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing ever. So this was my pick. Uh, this is the director of the bunch. And uh, for the movies that we have planned, it's maybe not a coincidence that I'm doing more of the director's side, right? Why? What are you talking about? I'm just, just talking I don't about... Know shit about directors. I'm just talking about maybe our, our theme after this one. <laughs> Where we're going to be a little bit more divided when we start talking about something a little different. I don't think so. Yeah. Think well, we'll see. As one. Uh, so this is Woody Allen. This is 2005. So it is quite a few years removed from his would be glory days in the eighties, right? Okay. Um, with his movies like Annie Hall, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, making mm-hmm. movies, you know, once a year, every year, it seems like forever. And he had kind of been a guy that had disappeared for me, uh, because I had known of Woody Allen, aside from his sort of, you know, outside of movies sort of scandals and that kind of thing. But I knew of Woody Allen for movies in the late 70s, early 80s, like Annie Hall and Manhattan, like I said. So once he had come out with Matchpoint, it was sort of a a bigger deal because it was, you know, Woody Allen's first time not having... New York City as the backdrop and it was, 
you know, this brand new Woody Allen was sort of what I had thought of. New it. and improved. Yeah, kind of like a new and improved sort of thing. Because here's the deal. I don't know anything about New York City. Okay. Are you sure? I am really sure. Never been there. Never planning on going there. TBH. You just okay. ruined a bunch of people's. I know. Uh, that's okay. And, and I'm sure it's wonderful. And it's the greatest city in the world and all that sort of stuff. But just probably not for me. I mean, I I get social anxiety with like 20 people. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go into big crowds ever, let alone. I see a picture of New York on the wall and I have to go in the other room. Yeah, there's hives, sweats, the whole works. But so this was, you know, him going over to London and I was like, okay, well, this could be a completely different sort of thing. Uh, I remember going in and seeing this in the theater. I ended up buying wow. it. Uh, it was a movie that, that I really quite enjoy. This was when Scarlett Johansson was kind of becoming a big thing. Um, you know, she'd been around for a little while, but this was sort of like sultry, sexy Scarlett Johansson in, in, you know, she's going to be the new muse for Woody Allen and that sort of right. stuff, right? Even though she was in Scoop, I think, next with him, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not, yeah, and that was, trash supposedly oh which i didn't see but it was the following year so anyway that being said i i quite enjoy the film uh what did you make of match point cruise um so it's kind of one of those where i liked the movie but i didn't like like the movie <laughs> does that make sense <laughs> i liked the total but i didn't like any of the individual parts that's basically true. Like, it was put together really well. I mean, the plot was interesting, but I, and it was told well, but I didn't like the plot. I didn't like oh, yeah, yeah. what the hell was going on, and I didn't, I mean, I mean, I don't even know if I want to get into Jonathan, what is his name, Reese Myers? Jonathan Reese Myers, yeah. Yeah, he can just jump off a cliff. We may talk um, about him in a, in a segment <laughs> in a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, it was it was a good movie. It was a movie that I'm not mad I watched, but um, it just I was doing a lot of uh, like fist clenching the whole time, like oh god, you <laughs> dirty mother, and like saying swear words under my breath and being like, my husband, blah blah blah. So um, yeah, Brad like, would yeah. never. He would never at Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that's untrue. I'm not trying to be ridiculous about it, but. <laughs> Even if she's, you know, pretending to be drunk in a bar, he would not sit and have a conversation with her. Even if she wasn't sure about what she was doing, trying to be drunk in a bar. <laughs> That's what I said, right? I said something like be that. Be overly drunk. Be yeah. the drunkest. And then stop being drunk. And but doing then be the, drunk some more. And you got to hiccup a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the whole part of the thing. You, you're not drunk. I mean, it's like last weekend when we watched that. You're not drunk unless you're hiccuping. You're not drunk unless you puke in the booth, and then you're drunk. Well, there you so, go. Or if you basically. start seeing stuff. No, so, that's not true. Yeah. So, uh, so you enjoyed it overall, but had had some major problems with some of the characters. Basically, specifically. And the <laughs> 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 that's funny. Okay, so let's talk about the actual movie first before we sort of dissect the theme. Um, again, like I said, we were talking about Woody Allen in London. But one of the things that he did not do, which was kind of interesting, was he sort of stuck in his genre of films that are about class, films that are about sex, 
that's kind of what I associate with Woody Allen. Like, that's sort of what he tends to do. And I was like, okay, I was really kind of enjoying this idea that it is this upper crust and the sort of sex uh, type, um, you know, the guy that's in love with his brother's wife, blah, 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 or brother's girlfriend in this case. And I was kind of at least interested in it. And like you were alluding to, it's not like I was watching him going, yes, you know, cheat on your right. cheat on your wife with your do son. it. Cheat on your wife with your brother's girlfriend. Do that. Do yeah. exactly that. That's a great idea. Yeah, I wasn't quite doing that. I mean, you know, right? I was. I wasn't. Uh, doing it I wasn't completely unsympathetic with the idea of of him doing such things, but I'm still like, mm, shame, shame. You shouldn't be doing that. Shame, shame. Know yeah. your name. Yeah. So I did. Uh, I did enjoy that part of it, and I don't know that that's a that's a part that. As a faithful wife, that's something that bothers you, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, called "Do you want to get stabbed at our house?" That's what it's called here. That's right. Hey, Brad, you want to play a game? Because <laughs> I made a list of ways that you could get stabbed, and like it's like number three on the list. Number two is liking IPA. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's like, hey, Brad, uh, sure, I'll go golfing with you, but guess what? Every time that beer cart girl comes around. We're going to play the do you want to get stabbed game. <laughs> Number one is if you buy yourself a beer and not me. That is basically it. That has, it has nothing to do with the beer cart girl. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Booze for you, not for me. Then yeah. if it's an IPA, then if you look yeah. at her sideways, then it's stabbing. I don't give a shit if he looks at her as long as she's bringing me beer. <laughs> or as long as he doesn't bang her on the golf course in front. Like, these are, you know, I don't ask for much. Yeah, really. It's on you're not uh, not a demanding woman, you know. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Mr. Myers that you brought up. I would rather not. Uh, just move on. Your favorite, your favorite guy. Um, wow. And what I think is interesting about him as an actor is I think he is very much the opposite of what Woody Allen films typically have. Okay. Because Woody Allen typically. If he's not the main role, it's someone that I feel is trying to either be or to embody the sort of Woody Allen of it all. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, right? So I think that this is kind of flipping the Woody Allen-ness on its head. And he's a guy that's a womanizer. He's very self-confident. He's pretending to be an intellectual instead of actually being smart. Right. You know, he's not nearly as smart as he thinks he is. He makes terrible choices, terrible rash decisions that we'll talk about specifically in the rain. And Oh my god. <laughs> and so he is kind of this good-looking guy that Woody Allen doesn't really play around a lot with, I don't think, in his films. He always has beautiful women, but he's like this sort of white male Hollywood director that has these sort of normal-looking dudes or him with these beautiful women, and you're supposed to embody that and be like, oh, well, I'm an intellectual. I could get with this person. Blah, 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 blah. You know, that I'm adorably self-conscious. Why yes. wouldn't women want to be with me? Yeah, there's like a... All of these foibles and anxiety and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there, yeah, and there's... You're right on track. Like, he thinks he's smarter than he is, and I think he he thinks he's more more charming or has more charisma than you he sure does. play a fast game. 
Rachel. Yeah. Well, and, and when he's, spoilers, talking to the cops, and he's like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, he's trying to talk his way out of shit. I mean, technically he does, but, like, he thinks that there is a level to his personality that's not actually there. He's yeah. a giant baker. Oh, he is. He is for sure. And we see that right away. And we, you know, one of the things that when Anel watched this, she wasn't as clued in on because she didn't realize what it was that he was reading when he's reading Crime and Punishment. And he's reading Crime and Punishment, and then he's reading the Cliff Notes version of Crime and Punishment. (laughs) But it doesn't say, like, Spark Notes, Cliff Notes on it. Yeah. Right? It just says, like, understanding crime and punishment or something in, in right. fairly in fairly small text. Right? And so you have to kind of be paying attention. And if people think that they can multitask and not look at the screen all the time, they might miss stuff. You're like missing that. this. You're missing this. Let me, you want me to pause it? You want me to rewind it? You fucking missed it. You missed it. I'm going to get popcorn. You will sit down and watch this is what you will this do. This is the best part. Yeah, it was a book, big deal. It's gonna come up later, right. and then it, you know, right. then it doesn't, and it's like, no, 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 that was all part of his character. Yeah. And by that time, it's like, look, I don't care. He bangs <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. That's the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have that guy, right? We have three other characters, three other main characters in the film. Uh, Scarlett Johansson that we mentioned plays Nola, which is a just a name that is just like a mouthful of marbles. I just can't Nola. I just don't like that at all. Well, it reminds me of from, you know, whatever that 50s song is, the 60s. Whatever it is. I'm not going to say it. You're going to have to find it later. I was stalling. I was waiting. Uh, Then we have Emily Mortimer, who plays Chloe, and that's who Jonathan Reeves Myers marries. I, too, the entire time. Oh, married. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find her very mousy, but I really liked her. In the newsroom? Me too. I haven't seen the newsroom. What? I really haven't. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyway, so, uh, I, I do enjoy her. I think that she is very sort of precious in what she's trying to be. Right? Yeah, but, I think that's what her character is supposed to be. Yeah, and she's kind of naive. Yeah, yeah and she's very, um, taken care of. We'll say. Yeah, yeah. A nice way of being very spoiled, right? I'm going to go buy art with mommy. Where are you going to be today? Like, yeah. I'm going to work. Like, I don't know where you are, bitch. <laughs> I'm going to go look at art all day. What yeah. are you going to do? I don't know. Provide for my family, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Choices. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Can't help where you were born, though, right? I so. I mean... So, so she's the third character, and then we have Matthew Good, the adorable Matthew Good. He is adorable. And he plays, and he plays, uh, yes, good for him. I got that. So I was trying to ignore it, but I know you had to point out. And Emily Mortimer's brother is Matthew Good, and they are very wealthy and very British, and Matthew Good meets Scarlett Johansson at a party that we don't see. And they go from being together to engaged to broken up in a breakup that happens really quickly and kind of affects the rest of the, the rest of the movie. Does it? I mean, I don't know what the time frame was there actually. Oh, I guess that's, I guess you're right. Because like it, it happened quickly to us for yeah, sure. Yeah. The way that the film goes, it happens pretty quick, but I guess right. we don't really know. 
I mean, he got married and was like. Oh, they do. Enough. Yeah, they do that. They don't. They don't. Yeah. They do do that where the veil comes off, and it's Chris and Chloe, and then not long after the veil comes off, and it's Matthew Good's character and his new wife. Yeah. And so that could have been, you know, month, nine, ten months or so. I don't know. You didn't mention the wife as a really great supporting character. Yeah, the wife does not <laughs> in it at all. <laughs> Hi, we got knocked up. Yeah. We're getting married. Okay, cool. Yep, and the main... Ooh, I almost said the main thrust, and then I wasn't going to be able to avoid that pun. So <laughs> the, the, the main aspect of the film is that yes. Jonathan Reeves Myers wants to bone Scarlett Jane. Basically. Right. And he thinks that he can just Rico Suave's way in there. Yeah, and when that doesn't work, he thinks he can good guy's way in. And when that doesn't work, he can just like put his mouth on her mouth and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> he thinks he's all slick and fast and then it doesn't work out for a little while. And then we have one of the most uncomfortable scenes, if it was real life, to where she's upset, Scarlett Johansson is. Because Matthew Good's mother has just said, you know what, you're not very good at acting because you're not getting any jobs. She got real with her. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody had to say it out loud. She's like, maybe you should move on. Like, how long is enough before you realize this isn't for me and you need to try something new? And how long he- is it enough before you realize that you could go look at art all day? <laughs> I'm just saying it. Yeah, really. How, I mean, how long is long enough to where you could just, uh, have their child and just be, you know, in the family and not do much? Sense. Because it's not like, and that's another thing. It's not like when Emily Mortimer has a child at the very end of the film. Yeah. That she's going to take care of it. I mean, they have a nanny that's carrying the baby in on the whole, on the car seat and everything. Which is amazing. Like, so it, I, I mean, don't understand why she's like, I can be an actress. No, you can be a trophy wife. Yeah. I'm just saying. Don't, uh, you don't have to reach for, not everyone can be a doctor, Scarlett. <laughs> I mean, not that I've ever told any of my students that before, but not everyone can be a doctor. <laughs> the world needs ditch diggers too. So, true. we have this sort of romance and it culminates in this first scene. When the two of them, well, Jonathan Rees Myers really decides that after Scarlett Johansson has run off into the rain, into the torrential rain. Yeah. He's going like to just. Like downpour. Yeah. He's going to stop with all of the flirting. And we'll talk about that drunken scene again in a no, bit. We don't have to. <laughs> and it's just downpouring. And they're like cold, uncomfortable wet. Not just like, oh, I'm just now getting out into the rain and it's just kind of getting some drops on it's me. It's misting and we're dancing around. They're not singing in the rain wet. They're yeah. like monsoon wet. Yeah, it's not like some notebook shit. Right? And saying? I don't know I don't know if you, I'm, let me let me do this. Hypothetically, um, having sex in like a torrential downpour or like in, I don't know, the shower it's not as super romantic as it may seem. Pass. Someone told me once. Um, you just have water in your face and like, like you're just trying to wipe water out. I mean, it's not, it's not nearly as sexy as, it didn't even look sexy. That's the other thing. Like yeah. it didn't even look like, oh my God, this is, this is so romantic. It's like, it's almost like, this is interesting. I just thought of, it's like they ruined the romantic scene by like making it 
too like brash and fake, which is like mm-hmm. what they are. Maybe they were alluding to that. Maybe that was, you know, a conscious choice. Right? That's what I'm thinking now. Because otherwise, if it wasn't, it was just really a shitty idea. So I'm hoping it was a conscious choice. <laughs> You're hoping that Mr. Allen is a little brighter than that? I am i don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Judging by his opinions with uh, Woody Allen, you get what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I get yeah. exactly Okay, good. He's, I'm sure he's never heard any jokes like that before. No, never, uh, never. Never, ever. Well, I'm glad to be the first. So, yes, they decide this torrential downpour is a place to make out and then do God knows what else. And not only is it wet and raining. Oh, God knows. But let's go ahead and just fall down in this wheat. Yeah. Because that's what this English countryside is full of, is all of this, like, coarse and pollen-filled wheat. Right. Everywhere. And, I mean, what a mess. Full of, like, bugs and nature oh, and shit. Oh, and it's all going to be, guys. like, wet and humid and bugs everywhere. And, I mean, no Why don't they have the things. scene where they walk back in and they're, like, covered in mud? Yeah, and they're like, hey, what were you guys doing out there? Probably not boning in the wheat, were you? And they're like, right. oh, no. <laughs> I was acting. I no, know. you're horrible. <laughs> my face is just flustered and my back is all scratched up for no reason. No shit. And I'm sort of disappointed for no reason. <laughs> I'm like vaguely disappointed that things yeah. couldn't happen because it was too cold in that rain. Yeah, basically. So. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah. That's a whole other scene that they cut. That yeah. was in the director's version. <laughs> it's not the extended version, I'll tell you that. Oh, Hey-o. shit. So we have uh, their little love affair that sort of happens. I do kind of like that once it happens, they go to the opera not long after, as you know, and they're trying to play it cool and and Jonathan Rees Myers is like, Oh yeah, you're still down, right? Let's like just make out in the hallway and whatnot. Oh, and she's like Yeah. And she's you know, has the good sense to be like, uh, no, sorry, that was a mistake. That's this is over. Like that was a one time thing. Like and if it was not for it being a movie and they had to have some kind of plot, I'm like, oh, she seems fairly convincing in this scene that it's like no, 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 that was stupid. Like, that's, that's my bad. Like, that's not right. happening. That's not happening again. And, and I remember when I first saw this, I was like, I don't know where the hell this is going. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I didn't, yeah. It wasn't something I saw several trailers for and was like, oh, okay, let's, let's, uh, see exactly all of the plot points before we watch it. Right. And so I didn't, I had no idea. And eventually, like you would expect, the, Romance does continue, and they start um, getting together more often. Then once the breakup happens uh, and Scarlett Johansson moves away, I'm not, again, real sure as to what's going to happen. Did they get together at, like, in between there? I thought it was the one, okay, I thought it was the one wheat boning. And wheat, then wheat she's boning. like, yeah. And Copyright like, plain label podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, no, this is a mistake. I'm with so and so. I don't. Th- I thought they didn't get together. Is that right? Until again. after they see each other again. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm with him. And so then he's like, well, fuck it. She's not gonna be with me. So I'm gonna marry what's her bucket. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm gonna marry the mousy girl. And then she's like, we broke up. And he was like, oh, my stupid luck for marrying. <laughs> yeah. My stupid luck for marrying this woman who loves me and just wants to right. have my child. Right, and it's super rich. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. 
and I can just go shooting with her dad and eating all of this expensive food and drinking all this wine and and I got a job handed to me. Yeah, and like your life is jobs. so horrible. Yep. And even though he was a terrible, he was terrible at his job. He got all these second chances and uh, opportunities for advancement and all that. Yeah. Right? So eventually we move to the point where, you know, and he's he'd looked for her and all this sort of stuff after the breakup happened, and she had seemingly gone back to Colorado, which she says so unconvincingly. Colorado. I'm from Boulder, Colorado, and I'm like, God, you could have said, like, any word ever there, and it would have sounded just as dumb as Boulder, Colorado. I picture, like, him hearing that she got broken up with and his penis, like, popping up like a, like a, um, like a, not a groundhog, but, like, what are those called? (laughs) Like a, (laughs) oh, my, like a prairie dog? Yeah, like a prairie dog. He's like, what, what? Okay. Yeah, that's another thing that was cut out because he was like, where were you in the wheat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's all pissed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so eventually, he's just, you know, tooling about an art gallery like you do. Yeah, why not? He's looking for his wife a little bit, and he happens upon Scarlett Johansson. And he's like, hello. And that's when he's like, ooh, I got to walk around and get this circulation going. I don't want to be yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> yeah. He's he's in the hall before he walks in, like doing high knees and stuff, That's trying to get the blood flow. Yeah. <laughs> Settle down, okay, be cool. But anyway, so, he, <laughs> so so he walks in and he sees her, and then the love the love affair starts to begin again, right? Which can we talk about the love affair? And because sure. it's not right, he doesn't like they don't love each other at okay. all. Yes, the and lust affair. Be real, yeah. And I don't think, did anyone say the L word? Did he say it one time, I think, right uh, before? She says it several times when she's, like, freaking out. Yeah, but, like, screaming, I love you in someone's face. Yeah. Well, kind of takes away from it, I think, a little bit. <laughs> in my experience, screaming, yeah. not the best, not the best. I love you! Like, oh, my God, super romantic. You're like, you. oh, you do? Well, shit. Let me oh, completely geez. change my course of action. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. <laughs> uh, you know, I hate... I would say from his, from what I think his perspective is, she's smoking hot mm-hmm. and he maybe sees some sort of connection with her. Like he is not on the same class level. Like he maybe thought that they had a lot in common and just basically wants to bang her. Like I honestly don't think that he ever was in love with her and I don't think she was either. Like I think that she was just the and first time. Well, first, like she likes attention, obviously. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because she and, she's aware of the effect she has on men. Yes. Right. And so you know she's upset. So that first time, like she probably just whatever wanted to feel better, and then he's just like fawning over her. So she's just like, okay, this is gonna make me feel better. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I honestly don't think love affair is a good word for that. Okay. And then she does, at least intellectually know that you know he's married into a rich family yeah so she should she could you know in some way get something out of that financially if they were if he were to leave his wife which she's hoping for at, at some point right because she starts getting desperate for her, for him to leave chloe after a while right um but it was interesting that you talked about the different uh the different classes that was one of the things that i 
I found interesting about the film was that it wasn't just like one lower class person invading this group of upper class people. We had invading. Yeah. We had two of them, right? We had two of this sort of shystery, like I'm going to use my good looks to get in with this family and I'm going to trick them kind of people. Yeah. And they were both of not quite the same social status as the Hewitts. And typically in a film you would see that one, you know, like Jonathan Reeves Myers, and he'd enter into this family and he'd kind of destroy it in some way. And here we have two of those people and they're both kind of trying to take it down because they're both sort of grabbing at what the Hewitts have. Right. And I think that that's kind of interesting. Do you think that Scarlett Johansson, like, played her sexy card on the brother and was like, I want to be his girlfriend? It feels to me, like, super casual. Like, when they talk about how they got (laughs) together, like, we met at a party and she was smoking hot. Yeah, and the only time you really see them together is when she's defensive about her acting. And then when that when Jonathan Reeves Myers is kind of watching, kind of catching them in in the little uh, off the off the main group of the party. Oh yeah, and, he kind of and the double date. Bone. Oh yeah, and the double date. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were boning at that party. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, it was Nola's idea," is what Matthew Good was saying. Well, sure, why not? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know what because they were. They were either engaged or they had talked about getting engaged or something about engagement had happened. Yeah, they were engaged, but I'm just saying, like, it didn't seem, like, I don't know. I don't know if they, like, I don't know if invade is a good word, I guess, because it's all of the relationships seemed really casual except for the quote-unquote love affair. Like, he just sort of, start, like, saw Chloe and was like, oh, you're fine. You know, basically, and, you know, like, she's like, I like you, and he's like, sure, why not? Well, Chloe, and then, Chloe does seem to fawn over Chris, though, over Jonathan Reeves Myers. Right. She but does I'm saying seem from, to be in love with him. Yeah, and from his point of view, he's like, oh, no, I don't like you. But, like, the other two, it just seemed really casual. Like, both of them were just like, we're kind of hanging out, and then we decided to, like, maybe get married. Right. Yeah, that's, so I don't, that's yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know that either. I mean, those those characters. I don't know how much intellect either one of them have, though. Like Fair Scarlett enough. Johansson, I don't know if she's real bright to where she's like, "Oh, I've looked deep within myself, and the key to my happiness would be to marry." Blah blah blah. She's just like, "Oh yeah, he thinks I'm hot, and whatever, he'll take care of me." Yep, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> so, so we have the sort of, I I mean, kind of standard sort of film, right? And it's we've got. Uh, the affair, and we've got the twist where Scarlett Johansson ends up being pregnant, and it's like, oh, what's Not he gonna really do? Really, twist though. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, well, I sort of expected the the plot to go that way, I guess. And you know, we have the sort of, I mean, romantic comedy lifetime movie kind of plot for a little while, mm-hmm. and then we get to the end, and, and it's the same thing. It's romantic comedy lifetime plot. <laughs> And the end did surprise me in that I kind of thought it was, you know how in some films you have these different fantasies and this is going to be the way that the guy gets out of everything and and kind of makes his life all nice and neat. Um, Yeah. 
And I was kind of, I don't know if I was expecting that, but I was like, oh, no, you know, it's going to be a Woody Allen movie. It's like a nice and safe and just kind of like a, you know, a you walk away and you're like, oh, what a nice movie or whatever. It's not a movie you walk yeah, away and you're yeah. like, oh, fuck, you know? Right? <laughs> yeah, okay. And, and so this one we have Chris, and this is spoilers, uh, which we haven't actually given him anything away yet. Surprising. Yeah, yes. No. And, know. you know, Chris decides, well... I'm pretty well fucked because Nola keeps pressuring me to leave my wife. My wife keeps trying to get pregnant and I can't make that happen. And so I'm just going to go ahead and kill Scarlett Johansson. And we have him sort of planning it out and him uh, being free to get a bunch of guns, which we had established earlier. Right. You just leave whatever conversation you're in. And by the way, like... (laughs) Like, every time he turns... No wonder, like, every time he turns around, that bitch wants to know where he is in in his parents' house. It, uh... I mean, he's the most wanted man. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Nola... Chris! (laughs) Oh, God. That is way too close to how it actually sounds, too. (laughs) Um, And Nola always wants to know where he is. He's like, I'm going away for three days, and she calls him, like, the first day. Right, and the secretary calls... Where are you, bro? And he's like, what the fuck? Like, we thought it, it said three days, so... And she's like, yeah, well, I need you. Why don't you leave her? And he's like, because I'm trying to fucking hang out on this boat. I'm still pregnant. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, yeah, you found out yesterday. Like, calm down a little bit. You know? And she reveals in that, in that moment that she, this would be her third abortion if she decided to have a third one. Oh, yeah, because didn't she have one with What's-His-Face? Yeah, she had one with Tom, and Tom insisted, and even though Chris also insists, and she's like, no, fuck you. This is going to happen this time. <laughs> you don't have any money. Yeah, you don't listen to you. That's right. That's exactly right, I think. I think he's like, yeah, I don't have to listen to your ass. You're I'm not trying to do this on the up and up anymore. <laughs> she's like, look, I'm not going to keep having these abortions and look this way. Like, this is my last shot of not, you know... <laughs> It's still looking like Scarlett Johansson here. Well, I mean, I think at that point she's just so desperate because, like, her career is going nowhere and she lost her golden ticket, basically, Mm -hmm. and she just, like, wants anything. And so she's like, no, there's no way that I'm, like, severing ties with you because you are also some, like, not quite, like, maybe a bronze ticket. (laughs) The more rare bronze ticket. Yeah, yeah. Maybe covered in gold a little bit, but it's bronze underneath there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah. No, no, that makes sense because it's, that is the one thing that she has at this point. Yeah. You know, so. Lord child over you. Yeah, so I get that, I get that for sure. Um, so we do have the end where he, you know, then kind of orchestrates and uses a whole lot of brains, right? And he he orchestrates this murder. To be fair, I gave him credit. Like, I was like, well, okay, all right. I mean, that makes sense. I initially thought that he was going to kill his wife for a second. Me too. I thought but at least was that like, was a possibility, yeah. But then if you think about it from his standpoint, like, he obviously doesn't love either of these women. But, like, which one is the easiest one to get rid of? If oh, his sure. wife got shot, there would be, like, 17,000 police officers at his house immediately. Then, like, all this money thrown at trying to find her killer. Yeah, and if he goes after Scarlett Johansson, no one from the U.S. cares. She doesn't have yep. any family, really. She has a yep. sister, but that's about it. 
In Colorado. <laughs> in Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. And in Hiccup. No, 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 Scarlett, you don't, you don't say the word hiccup. You do a hiccup. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bar. Bar. <laughs> I'm drunk. Ugh, what do I do? You know? <laughs> so, uh, so he ends up, you know, staging this murder and it goes down and we have this sort of, um, the sequence where I'm feeling really bad about myself because I'm feeling like, oh no, he's going to get caught. Come on. Yeah. Pull it I off, wish, you I know. Wish caught. Gladys Kravitz gets caught in the middle of all that shit. Oh yeah, the old lady gets caught up in it, and I'm, you know, rooting for, for him to to be able to put the shotgun together and not get caught in time. And I'm feeling anxious, and you're getting a little bit of like the leg bounces, and because you're and, a bad person. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, oh, this I can I can identify with this guy, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to kill a, my mistress and yeah. stage a robbery. I too was a tennis pro. You don't play tennis. You have to put in your golf bag. Hey, I used to play. I play tennis with the male son. Yeah, I wouldn't. No. I, I mean, we call it tennis. Yeah. It's do like, you have a tennis bag? Do you have a giant tennis bag? Uh, no, but we do. Have, we do play tennis kind of like it's badminton. It's like uh-huh. wee, and we kind of hit it really high back and forth to each that other. That makes sense. Yeah. It would it's, look fairly obvious if you bought a giant tennis bag, though. And then all of a sudden needed to use it and carry it around in the street when you go to the opera. And it was like really heavy. Yeah. Like I, shotgun heavy. And I would, and I would forget one of my shells outside of it. Hey, don't go into my oh, bag. That's another thing. <laughs> um, okay. Let me say this so I don't sound like a crazy person. Uh, I love my husband and trust him like for everything. I trust him a hundred percent. But if I was looking in his bag and he was like, don't look in there, I would immediately look in every pocket. I'd be like, why? What the fuck are you hiding? Like, you can't hide anything from me. Like, what's in here? So, uh. Have you met Scarlett Johansson? I'm just wondering. Have you met her yeah, before? Yeah. I mean, she's basically like, I can't decide if she's like a pushover because she loves him so much she doesn't want him to be angry with her or if she just is like in denial. Like, is she smart enough that she knows some, cause she does ask him if oh, she's yeah. cheating on him. Are you cheating on me? Yeah, Yeah. that's a bit... Chris! (laughs) Are you cheating on me? And so, I don't know if she's, like, in denial, because, like, it's already past that point, and he's like, don't look in my bag, and she's probably like, you know what? I don't want to know what's in there. Probably. Oh, probably. But if it were me, I'd be like, dump every fucking thing out of there. We're going through all the pockets. Like, I don't know what you think you're hiding from me, but it's not happening. Is there booze in here? There's booze in here, isn't there? (laughs) Rachel, they told me not to have it around the house when you're here. (laughs) I can smell it. Where is it? It's on your breath, asshole. I can smell the glass, even. (laughs) Are those frosty mugs? (laughs) Do you know there's a new uh, Moscow Mule bar in town, by the way? Oh, yeah. called the Copper Kettle. I heard that. I was like, well, a Moscow Mule, like, what what difference could there be? What? There's like a bajillion ways to make a Moscow Mule. Are you serious? Yeah, but you only need one. You don't know. There's only one way. Chances are they could be they could be cotton panties, but I don't know. Maybe there's something different. Maybe something I don't even know about. <laughs> maybe something I don't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this end. We have this. You know, he shoots him. We have this whole um, framing sequence. Well, he shoots her. I should say. We have this yeah. whole framing sequence where the film is based upon luck, and sometimes right. you know the tennis ball lands on one side or the other, and they mirror that with with, with a wedding ring, right? From the old lady, 
and he just very casually throws stuff in the middle of the day into the river. <laughs> and doesn't even look, doesn't even check. <laughs> the level of unparanoia that this man has when murdering someone. Okay, have you ever, I mean, you've read Crime and Punishment, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, that guy is the par- most paranoid pile of crap on the planet, and this guy's like, shotgun, bang, opera, bang, toss a ring, no look toss, like, doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even he, need to talk to the British cops. They don't know anything. Yeah, especially this uh, this uh, Irish guy. He's not going to figure it out. Well, he really wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, I do like how he's chucking, you know, the necklaces and stuff like a good ways into the river, right? Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh wait, got a ring. Better just kind of lefty throw this one and get it about <laughs> halfway there." <laughs> so I'm like, "What is this?" And then like, ru- and then. Because it's the middle of the day, I'm just going to saunter off. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Instead of, like, really kind of winging it in there, like, you know, sidearming it like a stone or something. Yeah. like Instead, he turns around and he's like, Kobe, and, like, just kind of, like, arcs it. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, I don't understand what the point of in the middle of the day is, because the shot could have been just as cool at night. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't understand it what could the, have been what lit that... with street lights and such, you know? You've yeah, still people... been able to see everything. I don't know. I don't know. It did seem pretty convenient that it was in the middle of the day and no one was able to see in London, which I don't know, not a very small town from my estimation. I don't know. I don't know anything about London except well, for fish and chips. That's all I know. Well, Big Ben, Parliament. Oh, Big <laughs> But also, like, this guy goes to What's-Her-Face's house um, 7,000 times a week and they... I'm assuming interview like a bunch of people and she works with a girl who knows of a Chris. Oh yeah. And like nobody seems to think, like, I guess the cops, like, I don't know. Nobody sees this guy come out and the, I don't know. It just seems a little lucky. Oh, I get it. How the hell did they not interview the coworker at the flower shop? Right. Right. Because she's like, well, wait, she says, was that him? Right? She doesn't say Chris. Yeah. I don't think. But still. That she w- says, he says, like, he'll take care of it or something. Or yeah. everything's okay or whatever he says. Yeah, it would definitely lead to an investigation to where they're not just like, oh, it's probably just some... Homeless guy. They got her number. Yeah, some dude on meth that's uh, killed the old lady and robbed her. Yeah. They would uh. probably look into it further. Especially after they did the autopsy and found out that she was pregnant. Right, right. I don't know. Well, I mean, that one guy that sat up in the middle of the night and he's like, it was what's his face. I freaking know it. And I'm like, oh my God, get him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the, the like, uh, Bruce Willis hairline guy. Yeah, what else is he in? He's in British things, isn't he? Yeah, I feel like he is. He's just kind of one of those guys. Yeah, he is. He's very much one of those guys. Yeah, a nice character actor. That's what Nola was trying to be. Oh, well, she's not good at it. She's not any good. She just gets too nervous and blows it. So. (laughs) I'm going to leave that there. I know, and I didn't touch it, and I laughed, and I didn't touch it. And that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the whole time I'm thinking when he's, like, doing the shotgun stuff and talking to the cops, I'm like, what is worse, telling your wife, I cheated on you, or telling your wife I murdered two people with a shotgun. Uh, the murdering is worse. You think? Oh, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'd be like, okay, well, look, I made this mistake. It happened once. 
I couldn't be more apologetic for it. As opposed to, yeah, I murdered somebody. Two people. Oh, I murdered two people, so I didn't even do it just the once. Right. It wasn't a mistake. It was pretty planned out for me and I. Stole a gun from your dad. Funny story. (laughs) Remember the whole Chris incident? Funny story. That was where I was. Yeah, he's like, remember how I wasn't a very good shot with the clay pigeons? Well, turns out you don't need to be a good shot when the person's ten feet away. Literally right there. (laughs) Shotgun, nailed her. Nailed her. So... So, spoilers, he doesn't get away with it, and that is, like, one of the... And I, I, like I said, I get it. I get that that was a good movie, but it just made me so mad that I was like, this movie... You mean he does get away with it? What did I say? You said he doesn't. (laughs) I was like... God, I wish. I was like, wait a minute, are we building up to a joke? Nope, she just said it wrong. (laughs) Alternate ending. There's an alternate ending. It's like match point two. It's like five minutes long. It's just him getting caught finally. It's called Seven Love. I don't know how tennis works, so this is bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> That's not quite right, but <laughs> it whatever. Good, it was a good attempt. Okay, well let's let's talk about um, the theme itself. Fine. Okay, and so it is a theme on comebacks, right? And mm-hmm. so uh, Woody Allen, big time director, late seventies, eighties, did this in your mind bring new interest or interest in general to Woody Allen? Was this a successful comeback on his part? Um, It's kind of hard for me to say because this is the first time I watched it. It was like a week ago. Um, But as far as the movie goes, I think it was a great movie. And so if if I had seen it in the timeline, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I want to see another one right away. Or, another, you know, I want to look more into what he's done. Mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? Or you were like, if you saw it in the time, you'd be interested in seeing his next film or something. That's what I said. Is that what you said? Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to check out Scoop. It's going to be great. <laughs> and I'm going to regret my decision. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, um, you know, and I don't think that he, he really got away from the Woody Allen stuff, even though it was in London. I mean, it was just... It was yeah. very, it was still very Woody Allen-y to me, and um, which is fine. I don't really. It wasn't like, oh, this is. He wasn't new and improved. He was just the same and maybe better. I don't really know if that's helpful. Well, I mean, it was in London in kind of name only, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the actual city had no real bearing on the film. No. It just felt like it, it almost, I mean, it wasn't as egregious as that, that frickin', uh, Adam Sandler blended movie where it was like, Hey, let's just go on a vacation and say that we're going to make a movie. He does that all the time. 51st dates. No, I'm not even kidding. I know. He he was like, no, it has to be in Hawaii. And they're like, why? And he's like, cause I want to go there. My, my kids are growing up. Uh, I mean, the, the script says it's in Hawaii. So yeah, it's crucial, crucial to the plot. I would. I'd be like, you know what? I have to go to friggin' the beach also for this movie. And they're like, it's a murder mystery about the mountains. I'm like, yeah, the beach mountains. We'll build a stage castle. <laughs> it's about volcanoes and shit now. Yeah. I changed it. <laughs> I changed it. I wrote, read just some rewrites last night. Check it out. Like, this Rachel, is in crayon. Why does the main character played by you, oddly, also drink a lot in the movies? Don't worry <laughs> about it. You basically just, <laughs> you basically just got stickers that say drink. <laughs> And put them all over the script. And every yeah. time the main character's name's Rachel. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to uh, get confused. 
<laughs> Didn't they do that to somebody? Well, I mean, I I just thought of uh, people from like the office and Parks and Recreation. Yeah, but there was a who was that? It was like an old, an older, like back in this is weird classic movies, I guess. And he was like such a drunk that they couldn't give him any other names. It just had to be his name because he was drunk on set and wouldn't answer to anything else. Awesome. I'll have to look it up. I don't know if you know who that is. Over at Twitter at PlainLabelPod. Yeah, I can't remember. You can let us know. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, we're definitely gonna forget as soon as we're done recording. Exactly. So, uh, so as, come back. Do you think he came back? Yeah. As for me, I was very much interested in Woody Allen after this film. Um, not so much interested in that I ran out and saw Scoop because I heard terrible <laughs> things about it. Scoop, scoop, oh yeah i was thinking about that earlier when you were talking about shotgun bang and i was like what's up with that oh my gosh salt and pepper (laughs) Uh, but i did see midnight in paris we also own that Uh, i I love that movie yeah i think that's really good we went or i went and saw by myself uh blue jasmine and at the Ross, which is our artsy fartsy oh, sort of. I love the Ross. Yeah, the Ross. I always go in there and there's like two other people and I'm like, yeah, this guy knows. Um, <laughs> so I did like Blue Jasmine as well. I, and I saw Magic in the Moonlight. So I've seen most of what he has done since this film. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, out of his, let's see, 52 ish projects that have come out, I haven't seen the majority of them, but I've seen the majority of them post match point. Uh, and so I, you know, I enjoyed it. I think that it is, it is a comeback of sorts for him. And, I think so too. you know, I think he's more relevant than he was in the nineties and in the early two thousands with stuff like curse of the Jade Scorpion. Uh, everyone says, <laughs> I love you. Mighty Aphrodite, those kinds of things, which I you didn't think-, think too much of. Do you think like everybody has to have like a down period so they can have a comeback? Like well, who who has been like consistently directorial? Okay, that's a bad question because I'm I feel like there's like a lot of people actually. I think part of the problem is that he's so prolific that it's he's just not going to be able to make a movie every single year and have every one of them be excellent. Why would you want to make a movie every year? I did, that just seems Do you like not like your so family? much work. Some of these Although, are too. I, I guess, I don't know the way that the man works. I mean, it could be a thing where it's like, look, here's the script. Here's what we're going to shoot. I don't give a shit about editing. I don't give a shit about the score. Once I'm done shooting, you just do it. You just put it together because I'm moving on to the next one. You know, I don't know if that's how he does it or if he's really involved in all of the things or what. Right. I feel like he's super neurotic and well, like he has control issues. I would think especially for the films that he was the main character in, he would probably be pretty involved. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't Uh, know. All right, well, let's move on to our favorite moment. What would your favorite moment that actually happened, not the him getting caught in the end that happened in just the Rachel Z-like mind? But what would you say your favorite moment would be? My favorite moment is when that cop sat up in bed and said it was him. Because I'm like, somebody else (laughs) knows. Get it. not, Not the wheat sex, huh? No, that was actually my least favorite moment. Thanks so much. <laughs> it wasn't the, your least favorite moment wasn't the, the whole, um, Scarlett Johansson where she's sitting up, where she's presumably naked and she's sitting up and the sheets keep falling, but then she just happens to catch them just in time. It's not no, that I moment. Mean, no, that was, I'm not mad about that. 
What was your favorite moment? Uh, I, let's see. I think my favorite moment. I don't know. I know that you don't like this moment, but I, I'm gonna say the bar sequence. Uh, why? And I think that I liked it so much because the more I watch it, the more I can kind of see them trying to pretend to each other. And like I yeah. like, and I like the fact that they're like, "Oh, look how smart I am! Oh, look how desirable I am!" You know, it's like they're just seeing who can be more fake and just uh, they're like trying it on. Yeah, yeah, they're like just pretending at each other. And I just think yeah, that that's I interesting like that. to do out of like an actor trying to pretend to be someone else. You know, like you're pretending to pretend. So yes. I just yeah. think that that's an, an interesting scene. Well, and like. That goes along with, like, him thinking he's super charismatic and her knowing the effect she has on men. Like, they're both just like, let's push this and see how far it can actually go. Yeah, and she's doing the, uh, no one's ever asked for a refund, and she's doing, like, the little, the little, uh, voice cracks that, that, uh, ScarJo does. She right. can't help it, okay? I know, but it just happens to work out every time she's got, like, a, a line. It's like, no, let me take a couple of drags on the cigarette here. Oh, okay. Now, like, now I'm good. I'm good. Boobies. <laughs> Just exactly that. What? So that was our favorite moments. What about uh, something that made you cringe or was a real moment that you struggled with? A lot of the movie. <laughs> Him cheating on her continuously. Well, every time, like, like every time he. Not, lied not just to his wife but like to anyone to himself mm, okay. because like one of my one of my pet peeves which should be a lot of people's pet peeves to be honest with you is like fake people and so like every time he tried to be fake and every time he like succeeded in it and got a little bit more cocky about it it just pissed me off yeah i think so, yeah. i i can see that because i think that it's interesting that he's not as good as he thinks he is but he's still getting away with it right and it makes him like <laughs> like cocky about it which yeah. is like ugh. oh and it's just like it's like the person that thinks they're real smart and is convincing other people that they're smart while you're watching them and you're like right. wait a minute this person is so full of shit like i cannot wait to bust this person well i mean i've talked about my rule before right about being being smart and being a dick oh tell me okay you can either be one or the other. You can be, wait, you can be a dick, but you have to be smart. Okay. One is contingent on the other. <laughs> yes. You can't be dumb and also be a dick. Because it uh. doesn't work. If you're going to be dumb, you have to be nice. Because then people will be like, oh, but you're nice. This is super nice, though. So you can't be dumb and be a horrible person. It okay. doesn't work. Hmm. I'm thankful for my intelligence. I'm not saying any of that. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, my least favorite moment, most cringeworthy. It was when he is, uh, I would say, most cringeworthy, and it's when he's trying to uh, put the shotgun together. Oh. And he's he's doing that, and I, I felt myself, like, you know, clenching my fists and feeling nervous for him and hoping that he would not get caught. Because that's just the way that the movie portrays it. Because he's your, he's your protagonist. I mean, he's your main character. Protagonist. Well, <laughs> and so he's the guy that you're following the, throughout the film. There you and go. 
and he is, uh, you know, trying to commit this crime, and I'm like, oh no, he's gonna get caught. It's not gonna work out for him. You know, and it was just kind of making me cringe watching him struggle at trying to be this murderer. And then he pulls it off, and I'm like, oh, fuck this guy. Right? I thought he was going to shoot himself in the foot, which would have been awesome. Yeah, I thought he was going to mess it up for sure. I don't know if it's because we've been watching a lot of The Office, but I was like, oh, he's totally messing this up. (laughs) (laughs) What about your... Michael Scott would have shot himself. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, we we not too long ago watched when Dwight shot a hole in the ground, so... (laughs) <laughs> uh, what about your favorite character in the film? Who would that be? Uh, my favorite character is either the brother oh, or yes. or the dad. <laughs> All right. Because he just, like, shows up and drinks. And I wrote down, one of my favorite lines is, um, Eleanor, I think you've had one too many G&Ts. <laughs> like, anyone who can abbreviate gin and tonics is, like, okay in my book. Especially someone that's wealthy and is yeah. obviously pretty familiar with the booze. <laughs> right. Like, he, he knows enough to know that it's, like, too long. And he's used too much of his life already saying gin and tonics <laughs> that he had to, like, narrow it down to G&T. What about, <laughs> I can just imagine myself and Anel doing this in the same sort of setting, right? Because we're going to be... Very wealthy, being a psychologist yeah. and a teacher. Yeah. And uh I can say, you know, I think you've had one too many G&Ts. And she'll say, what? G&Ts. What is that? Gin and tonics. Why didn't you just say gin and tonic? Yeah. Just having it be like, you know, that's how because it would go in my world. For it. I'm trying to abbreviate. Why didn't you just say, oh, my God. You know. Actually, it will go like this. I think you've had one too many G&Ts. You don't tell me when I've had too much. No. 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 <laughs> heard that before uh one time when rachel was there so yeah i know both of you both of you yeah both of you don't remember it i bet brad and i remember uh (laughs) let's see so my favorite character i really liked emily mortimer i just found her to be really charming and sweet no she's so vanilla she well she's a little bland but it is like this um i don't know maybe it was maybe it's a fantasy maybe it's uh she's got all of this money Right, and she just dotes on him all the time and just wants to have a, a child and buy art, and that's all she wants to do. Do you think she dotes on him or she dotes on the idea of him? Well, that's probably more like it. I mean, she is looking for him all the time. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but like, think about it, though. Like, she meets him, and he's like, I'm going to be somebody great. And she's like, oh, my God, I really appreciate what you're saying. But also, um, I have this cookie cutter life for you right now. Sorry, she's not cockney. That that got away from me. Uh, real quick. It's it's here. And there. <laughs> she's like, I have this cookie cutter life for you that I've already picked out a job and things, and so I don't really need like you per se. I just need <laughs> someone with a penis that can do sort of a good job for my dad. But in fairness, they would probably have a good-looking child because Jonathan Reeves Myers does have, like, the smoldering good looks. No, he doesn't. He's oh, gross. And come he has a punchable on. face. Oh. That face is punchable. Oh. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about our least favorite characters. Uh, characters that we're calling Diana a fire characters. Yeah. And... I, don't, I mean, I don't even have to say it out loud, do I? <laughs> no, I think it's pretty yeah. well, pretty okay. well established. Got it. Um, I would, I mean, I have to agree, right? I, yeah. I, I can't not agree. Because he's, he's a, a, I mean, he's a bad person. He's terrible. He's a terrible person. He makes terrible choices. He does all of the wrong things. Uh, I do like the fact that he is 
at least being affected by his choices. Because sort I, I think that, that well, I mean, I think that that adds some realism to where he's not just like, uh, like a hitman that goes and kills someone and is like, oh, whatever, I've done that several Actually, times. that would have been way cooler, to be honest with you. You think so? Yeah, I sociopath. Like yeah, but I like that he got into that taxi and he was like shaking and crying and all that sort of stuff. And like everything Still, was sort of getting away from him. If I were like his guardian angel, okay, this is a weird thing because I should never be okay. anyone's guardian angel. But if I was guardian angel and he got in that taxi and he's crying, I'd be like, you should be crying, you little bitch. Like, I would be so mad at him. And no amount of crying and feeling bad will ever make me forgive you for what you did. Like, good for you that you feel bad. Like, is that really bringing back to people that haunt you when you're, like, at home drinking wine? Obviously not. Hmm. Self-note, do not cross Mrs. Z-Leg. <laughs> well, don't kill people. <laughs> To get out of something that you fucked up in the first place and then cry about it. Like, oh, yeah, stop. Don't do the, don't sleep with and kill people. <laughs> Everyone out there hear that, I hope. Rachel will come and get you. I won't. I'll just be like, don't cry about it. Yeah. You did this. Like, I don't know what you're mad about. Nobody wronged you. That's true. Sorry. That is true, man. Vitriolic. So let's talk about the writing. Uh, Woody Allen is known for his sort of neurotic characters, and we didn't really have that in this film. What did you What did you think of the writing in general? Did you think it was good? Did you think it was lackluster? Um, I liked. I did not like some of the dialogue, but I I liked. He always seems to have like a one of those intellectual conversations. You know, the the whole talk about luck oh. and things like that. Yes, yes, the the double date. Yeah, and so I always like, you know, kind of where he goes off on a little tangent, whether or not it has anything to do with the movie. This one just happened to. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, but I think I always like those where it's just kind of interesting because, um, you know, a lot of times when you, like, read a writer or you um, watch a movie or something, like, the little, like, uh, you know, conversations like that, Sometimes they don't have anything to do with anything, but you think that it's like a little something that the writer is like passionate about that they just uh, popped in there because they're like, this is something I also need to put in here. Like, so people know about it, but I'm going to have this person say it so it doesn't just come off as preachy. Um, and so I always just kind of like to see what people come up with, I guess. So I liked that part. Yeah. I think that that, I like that scene too. Um, I I enjoyed the writing and I think why is because I think it's a quite a challenge from a writer no matter if you're doing a screenplay or a novel or whatever to write people that are smarter than you and write people that are dumber than you. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people fall into the trap of I'm going to write and everyone kind of sounds the same and everyone kind of has the same intelligence level. Totally agree. Right. And so here we have these two people who, like I had mentioned earlier, are not as smart as they think they are and are trying to use their charms in whatever charms they have to sort of... Are you of... talking about us? Oh, the care. Oh, got it. Sorry. I blacked out. I stopped listening to you like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Was it my turn to talk? Um so they, they're using whatever charms they have to sort of try to make it in the world, right? Yeah. And I think that that is a much different muscle that Woody Allen typically uses. And so I, I appreciated that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah. But it is, 
different different things come out of different people's mouths, which sounds yeah. weird, but that's what I mean. Yeah, it is It is a little bit of a challenge, like to make people sound different. Uh, let's see. We talked a little bit about the, the set with it being London and it not really mattering. Right. right. Like, it could have been set anywhere, um, anywhere, to could be honest with you. Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> could have been. Exotic Omaha. <laughs> With all of the upper crust that's in Omaha. To be fair, they got some rich people in Omaha. Yeah. Warren Buffett. I mean, See? Shit, that rich. guy's super rich. Yeah, super rich. Rich Z lag in a neighboring yeah. city. <laughs> all that Nobody money. comes over here, we're way too rich. Yeah, that's right. You're like, look, you're not, you, you can't afford this place. Go back to Omaha, billionaires. <laughs> you don't need your. Shit, you just got a mini fridge up in here. Damn. I got my little uh, caviar. I'm thinking about microwaving it. Is that how you eat it? (laughs) Because it's actually fish sticks. (laughs) That's how you eat it, right? Because that's the way I do it. So anyway, so it didn't matter. I'm sure that's disgusting. Uh, So it didn't really matter that it was, it was, you know, kind of a big deal that he was going to London, but it didn't really make a difference. It was just kind of, you know, it, was, it wasn't quite to the point of Adam Sandler, but it wasn't a big deal, I didn't think. So, one of the other things we're going to do is we're going to give these some ratings, because a lot of the times it'd be like, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. I like that. I was glad I watched it. But we're going to put a little Sometimes bit of... Sometimes it's not even words. Sometimes it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't old boy, so whatever. Um, so, but this time we're going to put a little bit more of a, you know a stamp on it, I guess. And the way that these will work is the sort of way that I do my Netflix scale. And it's obviously one to five, and there's no halves, and it goes from one, which is a film that I absolutely hated it. Right? Ones I hated... Old boy. <laughs> For Rachel, it's old boy. Um, yeah. It's one where you would warn people away, which again, for Rachel, would be old boy. Uh, it's films that, you know, I couldn't make it through, right? Like, I couldn't even finish it, that kind of thing. Uh, you got fingered. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you wanted an example. Mine would be, uh, the Mall Cop movie, whatever the fuck that's called. <laughs> you started it. Paul Blart. No, I, I like, came, <laughs> that was one where I turned it on, I was flipping through, uh, HBO channels, mm-hmm. and it was on, and I was like two minutes of it, and I was like, huh. We're done. All here. of my, all of my assumptions were proved true just now. Okay. Uh, so twos are didn't really like it and probably wouldn't see it again. Uh, number three. So you would, made it through. Yeah, you made it through it, but you're like, well, I don't know. That wasn't that good. Uh, three was kind of like, oh, well, it was all right. And I'd maybe watch it, but it wouldn't be something that you're, you know, watching on an annual basis, anything like that. Uh, number four would be that you really liked it and you'd kind of, you know, be okay with other people seeing it and kind of be like, you know, yeah, you should check this out. It's all right. It's pretty good. And then five would be that you absolutely loved it and you either have bought it or would probably buy it and that kind of thing. They came together. Yeah, they came together. <laughs> fuck, fuck you guys, audience, for not buying that for us still. So good. It's like the it's like the Great White Buffalo. Like I will never have it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it the one time, and in my mind, it's so good. And I I I don't know. It's almost like 
Do no, I dare watch, watch it? it? I know. Uh, I'm going to watch it. You know what? Speaking of this, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I finally watched the movie Drive. With Ryan Gosling? With Ryan Gosling. And the sweet scorpion jacket? Yeah, that was my most anticipated movie for years. Oh, I'm and I was really excited because I really like Nicholas Winding Refn and I really like Michelle That's Williams. His name? What? Nicholas Windowleffens. Winding Refn mm-hmm. is yep. his name. Made that it up. is true. It's true. And I also uh, like Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. I was like, okay, this is going to be. This is this is all of the things that I'm going to want. And it was one of those where I fell victim to being too excited to watch it. Yeah. And so then I had to give it some space. And so I finally watched it. And it was, I've probably owned it for like three years. And I finally watched it. And? I really, I liked it. I mean, I, I wasn't like blown away by it, but I, I enjoyed it. So I felt like, oh yeah, this part's going to be fucking sweet. And then it was just like, oh, that was, that was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan Gosling does some weird movies. Like wow. I'm going to give him, I, I want to give him credit. Just for, for not, like, they're not bad movies. They're just weird movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Bars and the Real Girl and Blue Valentine is, like, the most depressing oh, piece of shit ever. You're talking but, about my favorite movie, Cruz. Yeah. Was he in, I mean, Only God Forgives? Was yeah. that where he was, like, in China or yeah, something? Yeah, see, that was the movie that they, that the same group, Nicholas Winding Refn and, and, uh, and Ryan Gosling did together after Drive. Like, and I watched that movie and I was like, this movie's good, but this movie is weird. Like, like, I'm just giving him credit for like branching out and not doing rom-coms. He, he made a mistake and did the notebook and he has been redeeming himself ever since. He's done a comeback from the notebook. He's like, guys, I am so fucking sorry. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm so sorry. He wrote me a letter personally. <laughs> He's like, like, I'm sorry for doing any Nicholas Sparks crap ever. I, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you're forgiven. He's like, Bye. Rachel, all I want to do is just go out, drink some booze, and apologize to you face to face. And you're like, let's stop talking. Let's just. Well, let's say face to whatever. <laughs> let's not. You just had me at limit face it to face. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so let's do the ratings real quick because we have a whole other movie to talk about. So I'm going to say. For this film, even though I do own it, and I don't regret it, but I would say that this is a four for me, because I really liked it. I did advocate for having Anel watch it. Uh, it was a movie that I had kind of waited to find the right theme to suggest for this show, um, even though I was sort of fully what expected. What other themes would it be? Creepy British dudes? Well, I mean, we could have done it. <gasps> we should do it. <laughs> There's magic in this recording. Um, yeah, I, it could have been uh, protagonist you hate or something. I don't know. Oh. But this isn't the time to be discussing themes. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, so I was just kind of waiting for a, a moment to suggest this. You know what Got I mean? it. What about you, Cruiser? What did you think of this? Oh, um, I would probably give it a three. Okay. Um, just because. The, I think the would watch it again part is the part, like I would give it a four, but I would not, I don't know, maybe a three and a half, I guess, because mm. it was a good movie. 
but it annoyed me to the point where, where I probably wouldn't watch it again. And if I saw somebody watching it, I'd be like, ugh, that's a good movie, and then have to leave the room. Which is just <laughs> two weird reactions, but um, yeah, I'm going to say three and a half. Okay. I, I can see that. I'm, uh, I'll go along with that. Alright, so our second okay. film. <laughs> I approve of your yeah. opinion. <laughs> our second film is from a few years later. Uh, it is from 2010 and it stars Ben Affleck and it is called The Town. Miss Kesey, I would like to start with your abduction. Four men made me open the safe. They took me as a hostage. Were you able to see anything at all through the blindfold? No. When someone endures an experience like this, there are often residual effects. (laughs) Okay. Just having a bad week. I like to have a good cry at the nail salon. (laughs) Why should we buy you a drink? There are over 300 bank robberies in Boston every year. Most of these professionals live in a one-square-mile neighborhood called Charlestown. Do your parents still live here? My mother moved away and my father. You don't get out much. I'm thinking about making a change. Making a change. Either you got here or you don't. You used to hang around with Doug McCurry a little bit, huh? How do you know Dougie? I work for the FBI. I'm putting this whole town in my review. You grew up right here. Same rules that I did. I hear you got a sweet new girlfriend. Secret's this one. If I think anything might happen to her, I'm gonna kill both of you. Are you in love with me? Yes. screwing around crew. So find me something that looks like a print because this not screwing around thing is about to go both ways. I want to go with you. I'm leaving with somebody else. If we get jammed up, we'll hold them caught on the street. I just want you to know that you're going to die in federal prison. I'll see you again this side or the other. In Boston's bleak Charleston town, Charlestown, Charleston town, Charleston town, Bill, (laughs) criminals depend on a code of silence. Those caught serve their time. Doug McRae masterminds bank robberies with three friends, the hothead, Jem, Des, an electrician, and Al, their driver. After a dicey bank job, Doug must make sure the female bank manager, Claire, who lives in Charlestown, (laughs) doesn't know who they are. Except for he totally does. He contrives to meet her and then finds her appealing. As the FBI zeroes in on the gang, Doug wants out, Claire doesn't know who he really is, and Jem and their money launderer, an aging florist, insist that Doug do one more job. Are prison and death the only ways out of Charlestown? Wow. Jeez. Do you feel like this is a sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> for Jem? Yeah. <laughs> uh, new. No. Okay. I thought maybe uh, Ghost Out of Watchmen didn't happen, and they called it The Town instead. Oh, 
Um, is that yeah. not? I mean, I haven't that's read not, it. That's not what this is. I mean, it's based no. on a book, so. It is. Who wrote this book? Uh, let's Some see. guy from Charleston? <laughs> I would imagine so. I would imagine so. We'll talk about it's uh, from Chuck wrote it. Chuck Hogan wrote the novel, and then there was Peter Craig, Ben Affleck, and Aaron Stockard who did the screenplay. And this was directed by Ben Affleck, but we're talking about Ben Affleck in the actor's sort of perspective rather than him being a director. So you selected this one. Tell me about the rise and fall and your estimation and then maybe a comeback of Mr. Ben Affleck. I mean, we don't have enough time for me to talk about Ben Affleck as much as I would want to. And not necessarily Um, because you love him either. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Did I give you that impression? <laughs> it, it did sound a little bit oh, like it. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so Ben Affleck, like, obviously the first time I heard of him was um, Good Will Hunting, which was, like, a very long time ago. 97, I think. Yeah, 97. <laughs> so after Mallrats, after Chasing Amy, after Glory oh. Days, and after Dazed and Confused. No, I mean, I saw him in Mallrats, but I must not have, like, put those two together. Okay. Because we, we got our grandma to buy us Mallrats one time for our birthday when she didn't know what it was, and she immediately regretted her decision. Nice. <laughs> Short story long. Um, so anyway, I saw him in that, and then uh, I was like 14 or something for Armageddon, so I was okay with that one too. But then he started doing like Forces of Nature and Reindeer Games mm-hmm. and Pearl Harbor, oh, and yeah. I'm... I'm not counting the Kevin Smith movies because it's sure. just not fair because he gets to play a douchebag in those. Um, we and get then some we have like real shit then, yeah. Yeah, like Daredevil and Geely and so I'm and I'm Jersey wondering Girl, if even. yeah, and so I'm wondering if like every actor, it's almost like uh, like Disney Channel stars where they like <laughs> yeah they go through that thing where like the only thing that you're going to cast an unknown actor in is like a kind of shitty romantic comedy or a crappy movie and so like you i mean it makes sense like you didn't do any good movies before this time so nobody's gonna like bank on you to do a blockbuster but like i don't know if he was like putting his time in or like what was going on but he did just a series of shit movies and also like i don't know i just didn't enjoy him as a person for some reason so i was like Ben Affleck's a douche. And it might honestly, and this is horrible, be just from his performance in Days and Confused. <laughs> that I just assumed that like that he just showed up and thought he was like tra- time traveled back to the 70s. I'm just a bad person. Mm. So I don't really know. Anyway, so I didn't like Ben Affleck. He was in a bunch of crap movies. I'm like, if Ben Affleck's in this movie, it has to be stupid. Which well, is horribly mean. And but... he's all over the place with his different relationships and stuff too, right? Yeah, but... yeah. Like, I don't know. I just thought of him as like kind of a douchebag, um, back in the day. And so then, you know, like the town comes out. Yeah, I think that was it. Cause like I didn't see anything before that, like state of play. I watched extract, but honestly, I don't even remember him being in that movie. Mm. So anyway, I watched we watched this one and we went to the theater to see it. And it was probably because um Gone Baby Gone was like was uh, his brother, right? Uh his brother starred in it. He was the actor in it or he was the director in it, excuse me. Okay. 
So maybe I had started being like, you know what, I kind of liked that movie. It was like Boston-based, you know, kind of. And so um, I knew that he was involved in this, and it was kind of back to maybe the roots. And so, like, I guess we just gave it a chance. We are like, why not? And we went to see this movie. Um, and I would say, we'll talk about it later, I guess, but we went to see it, and I, I liked this movie enough that I thought we could talk about it here. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that's good. Um so Ben Affleck, let's see. I was also introduced to him through Mallrats. Uh the first Kevin from Fashionable Mail. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me get loose. Um the first movie of Kevin Smith's I saw was Clerks, like not long after it had it had been on VHS. I remember seeing that uh at a friend's at a friend's house and it was when we were traveling and on a baseball team and traveling into the big scary city of Omaha and we watched yeah and we had this uh this cousin that had a VHS of this movie Clerks and it was in black and white right but it was really funny he says and we've got all these cut scenes of all these words I don't get like I don't know and I'm like what the (laughs) fuck are all these words and then it's (laughs) you know because I'm like it's 91 so maybe 12 11 something like that right and I'm like I don't know what any of these words mean but there's a lot of swearing, so I think this is hilarious. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and so the next thing I see him in is Mallrats, and I'm like, oh, it's, uh, you know, by the same dude that did Clerks. I bet that's going to have a lot of ad swears. And so I'm going <laughs> to, and so I watched that, and I didn't really think much of him in particular, right? I didn't, like, he, it was just a dude. I didn't, he didn't stand out to me. But I did remember and was a huge fan of Chasing Amy, and that was one of the sort of random gets that I would go to here in Lincoln. I would go to uh, Audio Visual Center, or I forget what it's called, but it was a deal where you could get five movies for five days for $5. Oh. Right? And so I would go there, and this was in the VHS days, and so I had a dual deck VHS player so I could just copy the movie that I had rented onto a VHS and then return the movie without really watching it. I could just do that at night and then go to bed. You know? Really? Well, yeah. I had a fucking shitload of VHS tapes, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so so, uh, Chasing Amy was one of those and it was a film that I freaking loved it because it had to do with comic book artists and you know, it was like, oh, she's a lesbian. He's like going to turn her from being a lesbian. And there's this black guy and he's all mean, but he's really a gay guy, you know, and all this like sort yeah. of kooky late nineties, like, wouldn't it be weird if type stuff. Right. Right. And I thought he was really good in that. And then next thing I know, he's in Goodwill Hunting and he's, you know, he wrote and directed that with Matt Damon, but it, uh, I didn't really think of him so much because it was like a matt damon movie sure yeah agreed but the next thing i know he's in armageddon and then he's in this shakespearean love movie and at the time i was like oh that's a girl's movie i ain't gonna watch that shakespearean love is amazing uh it is good actually and then i see that you know he's in reindeer games and all these other shitty films in the freaking pearl harbor that i don't talk about (laughs) and so he's in all this shit and i'm just kind of like oh my god ben affleck and he's in Daredevil, and, and I tried so hard to love that movie, and it's just not any good. Oh, it's, Jersey Girl, you it's just Girl. terrible. And Jersey Girl is awful. And it's another one of those ones where I'm like, oh, this will be good. No, it's just so bad. Um, but it's but, almost like not his 
fault? Well, I don't know. It's not his fault, but he's also not good in them. Yeah, right? that's true. But I also remember uh, listening to the commentary several times on Chasing Amy and hearing him talk. And, you know, he's cracking jokes and whatever, but he is talking about um, different shot selection and, and having a, you know, a two shot or a wide shot, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh. Two well. shots? And I'm like, <laughs> two shots, Rachel's in. And so he's talking about that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, he is, at least seems like he's not like an asshole actor that doesn't know what he's doing. Like, at least seems like he knows what the director's choosing to do as well as being an actor on the See, set. I wish I would have seen that. Well, and so I, I kind of appreciated that much, but I sort of figured he was just this Hollywood guy that was just going to do all of these uninteresting, um, sort of action films or just stuff that I wasn't that interested in. And I saw him in Hollywood land where he was playing George Reeves who played Superman. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting choice. Cause he was. Very much like he, how he is in this, where he was really subdued and almost mumbly and not so much like how he Mumbler. was in Mallrats, right? Where he's very <laughs> big, very big in Mallrats. He and, is! Yeah, and here... I think he, it's the um, puff sleeves on the jacket. And the hair that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And and so in this film, he is, you know, he's playing Doug McRae and he's in Boston, right? But he is playing a lot more of a subdued character, and I think that that suits him much, much better than trying to be this bold, outlandish character. You know? So, yeah. Do you think he... Do you think, like, in real life he's more of a subdued character? I think he... I think maybe he is now. Um, I think when he was doing reindeer games and shit like that, I think maybe he was like, I'm a Hollywood star, and I'm going to you know, date a bunch of famous people and do a bunch of drugs or whatever he did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feel like that maybe was, uh, I hope that was, that was like a 10 year phase. I don't know if that's a thing. Well, I mean, like we all survived being douchebags at one point or another, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, I definitely would not want to know myself from years past. <laughs> I know. Like, there are a couple of there that I'm like, I would have punched myself. In I the bet face. I was a real douche. <laughs> So anyway, let's say he's grown up Ben Affleck now. He got a beard. Oh he's yeah. He's doing grown up stuff. He's doing Take seriously. He's uh trying to be serious but then also trying to get have his cake and eat it with the whole Batman stuff. Hey, whatever. If someone asked me to be Batman and I was like, "Are you serious?" and they're like, "Yeah," I'd be like, "Yep." <laughs> like I wouldn't give a shit if people people on the internet are going to be mad about this. Are you going to pay me to be Batman? Awesome. I'm getting in the car. Like You're I don't really it. Guess, I don't really know where the guess questions what? are. I'm going to have millions of kids dressing up like me, so suck it. Really? Yeah. Like, sorry. Sorry, mad kid behind the computer that's angry about it. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, yeah, so I do think he's grown up quite a bit. Uh, I do think this is a, a grown-up performance. And yeah. I do think that this is a successful film. So why don't you tell me about what you thought about this movie? Like, what is it that worked? What is it that uh, you thought was interesting about the town? Um, I think the premise is interesting. Like, I, I liked how the beginning of the film set it up with all of those stats because um, unlike our previous film, this movie is, like, literally based on the location. Yes, <laughs> um, yes, yes. And so I liked how, you know, 
even with that, um, without that setup at the beginning about all the crime and all of that, like it wouldn't have kind of set it in place for me. I would have been like, oh, these guys are in a town that's kind of poor and they're being awful people. And so um, it gave me a little background as to also like their motivation of why they're robbing people. I, must, I guess they must have just like grown up thinking that that's, that's kind of the mindset. Yeah, that's what of, you like, do, right? Yeah, yeah, you like try to get a buck where you can get a buck. And so um, I kind of liked how that set the tone. Um, I really like, uh, what's her face? The bank manager lady. Oh, you mean name? not Blake Lively? Um, oh. Listen, I don't think I have the strength to talk about that today. Rebecca okay? Hall is who you're talking yes, about. Yes, I like her. Yes, <laughs> I liked her in The Prestige. Yes. Where she really didn't get a lot of play. I just remember her. I just remember feeling sad for her in that movie. Um, so I like that she talked and had smiles in this one. That was different. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Even though she's a little on the gullible side, but sure. Yeah, she's just like wonderfully naive. Um, I'm sure the... all these Charlestown boys—they're all really nice. I just need to reach them. Yeah. Right. How that's do I kinda... get through to these kids? Yeah, that's kind of where she's at. And he's like, "What do they look like?" Um, so I like that. I liked, you know, I, I wrote, uh, I want to know how much of that accent is real or exaggerated. Like, is it like riding a bike when you get back in there, you just kind of, it just kind of slides up and then, you know, you know, you just, you don't even know you're doing it. It's like the how I met your mother where you talk different around different people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's like, like oh, there's a lot of Boston people. So you just try to fit in. Like you go up to Fargo and you're like, oh yeah, what are you, what are you doing up here? I bet so, people are there just like, fuck you, man. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, we come from a place that literally has the flattest. Yeah, we have zero accent, really. So we're super boring. Oh, the so. Midwest. Well, whatever. So congratulations if you have an accent, because like, at least you got one. I don't yeah, know. At least you can get made fun of in some way. Yeah. We, no, just, get, sure. we just get told we're flyover states, whatever. Or ask if we're actually a state or a city. Yeah, do you guys have buffalo running around downtown? No. You guys have electricity? We yeah. do. We, we just do. got it. Super, Super neat. Internet's um, working even. Yeah. So, yeah. What What did you? What were your kind of first thoughts about this? You know, I really like this. This is a movie that I saw. Uh, it was one of those where I watched it right when it came out on DVD. I remember it being the Scary Nun movie. Is kind of the way that I thought about <laughs> it, right? I was like, oh shit, let's get some weird ass nuns robbing banks. I probably should yeah. see that, right? Ocean's Eleven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Ocean's Eleven with nuns. That's the pitch right there. Ocean's Nun Eleven. Damn it, that did, I thought it was going to be cool. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost. apologize. It was a reach, it was almost got there. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was I really thought Ben Affleck was good. I think that he, uh, we'll talk more about Jenny, Jeremy Renner in just a little bit, but I think that the sort of looks that he gives to his longtime friend, right? The looks like, oh, you fucking... His bro. Jesus Christ. You know, that kind of look, like the, you're really going to fucking... Okay. Like he's, like, going to take him out later and squeeze. What did we talk about? Yeah. 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 And he has the the mumbling Affleck, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, So there's there's things that I really enjoyed about it. I thought that... uh, I thought the overall plot was pretty interesting. You know, it, we get a lot of the tried, super plot. yeah, <laughs> we get a lot of the tried and true stuff, like the the old uh, Florence Nightingale type of thing, where it's like, oh well, no, I'm really a good guy, 
And she's like, well, you know, he's a bank robber and a murderer, but, you know, I'm sure he's a real nice guy deep down and that kind of stuff. We so, get a little bit of that. Did you think that who was the worst person? Because, like, the the theme of this show, honestly, could be, like, horrible people and getting away with stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, who do you think was a worst character? Well, the the worst character or my least favorite character? Um, those are two different things. Yeah. The the worst person. Like, who did the worst things? Oh, I'd say it's Jeremy Renner's character. No, no. Between Ben Affleck oh, and Jonathan Reeves oh, Myers. Oh, oh. Uh, well, Jonathan Reeves Myers. Because not yeah. only did he murder people, but he also cheated on his wife. Ben Affleck is just trying to date Rebecca Hall, right? And... You know, he's on the, he's pretty much on the up and up with that. Like, he's not fooling around with Blake Lively that much. He's trying to, like. Just the what? Yeah, he's trying. And you didn't even know her before. Yeah, he's trying to get out of that situation, right? And he, for the most part, is trying not to injure anyone. It doesn't seem like during these robberies. Like, the motivation is different. Yeah. And it's almost. I think, like you said, laughable to the point where he's like, I'm just a good guy in a bad situation. Yeah, the hooker with a heart of gold type Right, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that, like, there was strategy between, between the, you know, on the other side of Jonathan, whatever the hell his name is. Like, <laughs> Jonathan, so, <yeah. laughs> Jonathan, the dude that didn't get caught, right? Um, that is that is weird that it's a it's a movie about bank robbery and murdering people and then they're worse than a movie that directed by Woody Allen. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Interesting. On to what you were saying about uh, stuff. Yeah, so I think that the movie's good. I think Ben Affleck's good. I think that all of the supporting characters minus one are really good. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I had thought about earlier today and wanted to bring up to you though is, um is the question of location. So we talked about how Woody Allen was in London and it didn't really matter. And here we have yeah. Charlestown. We have basically Boston. And so, my, <laughs> and so my question would be is what do you think the purpose of this is? Like uh, besides it being a movie, but like why Charlestown? Is it like a thing where he's advocating for change or he's bringing to light this terrible situation or it just is a place that he is familiar with or why Charlestown? Like why specifically call it Charlestown? Why not just say Boston? Is it to add validity to what he's doing? Because he's like, Oh, you fucking piece of shit. Like it's, it's not just Boston. Boston's for like the suburbanites or whatever. This is Charlestown. Like it's different. Well, it's like a, it's like a specific part of Boston. Right. Um, and I think like, um, I think it's kind of cool. And I think, you know, for his follow up with Argo, it's kind of what he was doing where he finds like pieces of life or pieces of history and just focuses on that. And I don't know if he's advocating for anything. I think he probably just knew about, obviously knew about this place or learned more about it and was like, this is real. Like, do you ever do that where you think, like, I used to do this all the time in history class where you'd like hear about something and be like, oh my God, that'd be super cool if like you fleshed that out and made it into a movie. Oh, you absolutely. know what I mean? Oh, geez. And- I mean, half of the things that I ever wrote when I was in college was like the basis of something historical that I 
dug deeper into. Yeah, and so I feel like, and this might be totally off base, but I feel like he obviously knew about this place and kind of just took took a snapshot picture of it for like a week or so and was like, this is something that could happen here. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It just is, uh, you know, we were talking about the whole Adam Sandler of it all, and it's not like... <laughs> You know, Can you say Adam Sandler one more time? <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice, right? <laughs> um, it's like, uh, it's one of those where every time I say Adam Sandler, he like agrees to do another movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ben Affleck, it's not like he's doing this for a vacation. Right. Al- although the, the whole Fenway stuff is a little suspect. Right. Uh, we need a Fenway for a month. <laughs> do you? Yeah. <laughs> we got to get inside and everything. Get some pots uh, in here. We're not leaving. <laughs> All right. Don't you just need to be like underneath in the storage area? No, no, no. 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 We gotta go. We gotta show the game. I also need a uniform with my name on it. <laughs> I got to be in the front row somewhere. Well, <laughs> won't that be obvious? That no, no, no. Don't, don't think about it. <laughs> I need to be there. It's got to be against the Yanks too. Yeah, I need to be in the dugout. <laughs> Actually, why don't you just let me manage this? It's, it's all part of the story. <laughs> So I I do think some of that is a little you're like oh, okay that's interesting, suspicious. Um, but but I think that it it is interesting that it's in and it's in Boston and I don't I don't necessarily think that he's trying to bring anything up. Although I would have probably gone my whole life and never heard of Charleston or Charlestown and known anything about how it's such a rough area. I guess sure. So I did that, add a little bit of education. Like- yeah, I think it's cool. Like, I don't know. I just kind of like that idea. Yeah. So that's good. So, all right. Well, anything else you want to say about the film before we move into some of the the aspects of the theme and the breakdown that we're doing there, Cruz? Nope. Okay, so let's talk about this then. Is this a successful return from the Ben Affleck that we were first introduced to? Was this something that you feel like he's achieving more or striving to be a better person? actor or do you think that this is his attempt but it didn't really work it's crap no <laughs> that's uh, i picked it and it's crap <laughs> i think um like argo was his follow-up to this so i think uh i watched this and i was it was maybe to me the first step in the right direction okay, sure yeah. um i don't think i was fully like Oh my god, he's back! Like I didn't run out of the theater. I was like, he's back, you guys! Stand up, like, did it! <laughs> You're he running up it. and down the streets of Lincoln. Yeah, he's clapping, back! <laughs> singing Go Tell on the Mountain. Um, but I thought, like, I got out and I was like, you know, that was pretty good. It was put together well. It told a good story. He was, you know, I liked him in it, which is sometimes not what had happened earlier. Yeah. And so when Argo came out, uh, I was like, yep. Like, I'm going to watch this. I'm totally on board with it, which I honestly don't know if I would have if I had not seen this first. Mm. So I would say this was definitely a success for him. Sure. And I think that, uh, I think the only difference between what you're saying and me is, is that I started with Hollywood Land. And okay. while, while he made movies in between that were shitty, uh, that was kind of like, no, look, he can do something good if he wants to, kind of a Yeah, thing. give him a shot. And I was you like, oh, wait a minute, really? Like, Whoa, he's actually really good at that. Like, it was shocking to me, right? Yeah. And, and so then he's good in the town, too. And then I was like, wait, Ben Affleck can be good? Is he? And then he's in, you know, he's in Argo, like you said, and, and then later he's in Gone Girl, and he's playing just kind of a different kind of a guy. 
than he yeah. did in his he's youth. still kind of a douche in that, but he's like a better douche. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say. Better douche. That's uh, free advertisement, everyone. Wait, sec. <laughs> you can use that. You can use that, stations. Oh. Anyway, so... Hey. <laughs> So that's uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I do, I do think that this is a sort of the best that he's been, even though I didn't particularly enjoy some of the Batman stuff. Yeah, like, I well, and like, I'm I excited. Make it, I didn't even make it through that whole thing. So, but honestly, I I'm not sure if that was his. No, no, no. I think there's a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Snyder who had yeah. a little bit to do with that. Yeah. So. Um, well, and I'm excited to see him in Live Live by Night. Like that's oh yeah yeah that was, we, we... that was his next uh, thing and I believe he directed that as well did he yeah and he did. and we saw the accountant like recently and like that was pretty good I don't know I mean like I I am not shying away from Ben Affleck movies which is well, I'm okay saying that yeah I mean that's kind of what all probably he's really wanting right is you see right. him and you're like oh yeah I'll go see that instead yeah. of oh fuck hell with that. Guy from Fashionable Mail. Son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) So what would you say is your favorite moment? One of the people that we haven't really talked about that we can sort of start talking about in a little bit is Jeremy Renner. But what would you say your favorite moment in the town was? It has to be when the cop sees them as nuns, right? (laughs) They're like, we're going to get in this car. And you're gonna turn your head, and nobody's gonna shoot anybody, and we're you're gonna go home to your kids, and we're gonna leave. Yeah, that is good. I mean, that's mine too. It's it, it's just this because it was following a really well orchestrated and choreographed uh, chase sequence, and Ben Affleck and company in the nun outfits are getting away, and then we have this lone cop, and they've got all these guns, and he's just like, oh, I'm. Not, I didn't see shit. I'm not seeing anything. Eh. He just looks the other way and is really yeah. played for laughs. And is really Another funny. one of my favorite moments is when, spoilers, Jeremy Renner is going to die and he takes a drink of that pop. <laughs> now, see, <laughs> yes, mine would probably be uh, when Jeremy Renner takes a bullet in the face, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, least favorite moment or most cringeworthy, what would that be? When... Jeremy Renner busts in on that launch date. Uh, and I was like, he's going to see his tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the lunch date with Rebecca Hall. Yes. yes. I was like, you know, he's going to ruin this right here. Yeah, she's going to figure it all out. This relationship, it's so sweet. It's going to work out. we got to figure out a way that, you know, it's like if everything worked out for Jonathan Reeves Myers, things right? got to work That's out for Ben Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say that my least favorite moment is probably every second that Blake Lively is on screen. <laughs> uh, she you, has hoop earrings. What more do you want from she's her? She's trashy. She has hoop earrings. She put some dirt on her face. Oh, she didn't even do that. Like, in oh. my notes, she needed at least ten more years on her face. Like, she looked too Hollywood, too, I'm going to play. Like she's, yeah, she like, still looks great. She yeah. looks too good for her character. Agreed. Yeah, she doesn't look like... Yeah, she needed to look like... She, I mean, she... I mean, people gain and lose weight, but she maybe should have done a little meth. And <laughs> then the camera could have rolled. That's all I'm saying. There was no character acting in there at all. <laughs> no. She's not method acting. No, she's, not, she's like such a like California girl. 
and is not from Boston. So who was the casting fit. director that was like, mm, okay. I'm hoping that it was someone where it was like, you know what, guys, we owe Blake Lively in this contract like three more movies. Do you want to just throw her this one? I mean, what the worst? What's the worst going to happen? And they saw the movie and they're like, "Oh, fuck. oh, that's the worst." Like, oh, excuse me, you are fired, my friend. So. <laughs> I don't know, like, it, and I like her, and so I wanted it to be, you know, like I, I wasn't rooting for her to be awful, but she did not give me a lot to go off of. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those where when I first saw her, I was like, "Oh, really? Okay, well, this could, this is terrible." Yeah, let's let's <laughs> lead in, and then I'm like, "Is that a is?" Is that an accent or is that not an accent? Are you leaning in and out of the accent or what are you? Okay, okay, I'm confused. Yeah. I was like, I don't, uh, I don't think you know what you're doing, my friend. <laughs> I don't know that you're really doing a good job here. Right. I mean, it's not the worst thing if someone was like, "You're too pretty for this." Like, yeah, really. What an insult, right? Oh no, I told you it's too pretty. You're Damn. too beautiful. You gotta wait for about five more years, maybe ten, and then we'll smoke put like seventy-two packs of cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know. We'll dust some makeup on you and make you look a little less attractive, and then yeah. you'll be ready for this. She didn't have any like moles or skin well, and, and to be fair, she's probably a good, what, like 10, 15 younger, years younger than Ben Affleck? Yeah, Ben Affleck's probably like 40-ish, right? I would 40. say, I mean, he was born in 72, so yeah. I mean, he's, you know, 45 Are you serious? Yeah. Is Matt Damon that old? I would imagine. Still. You know, and so... <laughs> Like Lily's twenty nine right now. Okay, see, so there you go. So she's you know a good sixteen years older than him or younger than him. So you know it, it's tough for her to play that, I guess. That's the thing that I was also confused about. Like, how old is she supposed to be in this movie? Well, I think it. Is, I think she is supposed to be a little sister because I I would imagine that Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner are supposed to be the same age. And then that's, that's the little his little sister. sister? I, yeah, it's uh, Jeremy oh. Renner's little sister. Oh, I see. I didn't catch that. Oh, is that right? That's why yeah. he was so. That's why he didn't want uh, Ben Affleck to leave. Because he was supposed to raise that, raise her kid with him. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where that did not. Anyway. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Um. So yeah. So that's. So basically, she didn't work. You know? Yeah. Didn't work out for her. Uh, how about the character that you wish would die in a fire? I don't know. Um, I mean, would it have to be Blake Lively again? No, because like I, I want, I wanted her to be okay. Um, <laughs> I like felt bad for her. What about like, uh, Pete Potzel's weight? Yeah, I think it's is he the florist? Yeah. Yeah, like, I didn't, I honestly or the, didn't understand, like... Or the dad, or uh, Ben Affleck's dad, played by Chris Cooper. He was okay, like, he didn't, he was like, dude, she left. Like, I was yeah, letting you put mom, those flyers up. Your mom was a whore. He was a whore, and she took off. Like, she probably didn't take off, but, like, she was around, but, like, not where you should see her. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think the dad was, like, a bad, I mean, he loves the bad guys at jail, but, um, I don't understand the florist and, like, what kind of weird control he had over these people. Like, why is some guy, creepy guy, like, plucking roses, like, telling you that you need to do this or he's going to kill you when you, when he obviously just came in and shit, spoilers. <laughs> like, I don't, that was the thing I was confused about. Like, why did you just do that in the first place? 
instead of like going through all this trouble and like robbing Fenway Pack, like it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, and and robbing Fenway, and it was like the only time that uh, Ben Affleck's character Doug was not sort of the mastermind behind it. Yeah, and he was having this Fergie guy call the shot, call the shots, and then he you know screwed it all up, and so he just yeah. went in and shot him. Like, why didn't he do that in the first place? Like, I'm gonna kill your girlfriend. Cool, I'll be right back with a shotgun. Well, either way, if I didn't have a weapon, I would overpower you. Until this, until this time, though, had we ever seen Ben Affleck kill anybody? Until this whole uh, Fenway thing. I don't know. Because I don't think he had before. I he don't think so either. Shit out of people. Yeah, so I think maybe it was. It was like, oh, we are oh, fucked. something so, like came unhinged. Yeah, so he's like, now I'm pretty well screwed, so I'm just, so fuck this. He was playing within the rules yeah. of the town before. Could have been, could have been. And all bets are off after. My, uh, my die in a fire is the character played by Jeremy Renner. Why? And the reason I hate him so much is he is just... I don't, I don't know. I feel like I watch this guy and I feel like how you feel about Jonathan Reeves Myers. I just want to punch him. I just so desperately want him to be punched. But he's the I'm in guy. <laughs> yeah. Explain the I'm in, I'm in guy. Because everybody needs their, their own I'm in person. So Ben Affleck goes to his house and I don't even know what he was doing, like playing video games or something. And he's like, I need you to get in the car and beat the shit out of somebody with me. And he doesn't even ask any questions. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> so, like, he's the, he's the ride or die. Like, and you can't be mad at that. Like, he's, like, super loyal. He's the I'm in guy. That is true. So there. Everyone has their own I'm in guy. Everyone the, should. If Williams, you don't, go find one. The Williams family has Mrs. Z-Lag as their <laughs> I'm in person. It's true. Hey, Cruz, we're going to go boozing. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, in a couple days. Whatever, let me know. <laughs> We're going to day drink, okay? <laughs> at your house. All right. Do I have to put pants on? Uh, shorts at least. Okay. Yeah, that's understandable. Deal. Well, well, okay. Can I just have a blanket? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Are you here right now? <laughs> that's why the audio sounds so good, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would be my character. I think that Jeremy Renner plays him really well, but I just think he's so hard to... He is. He's kind of a hothead. And we get the beginning immediately when he's like horribly face stomping that guy or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. He needs to calm down. Uh, I don't know what he's doing. He just reminds me of anybody that I've ever met that has little man syndrome. Yeah. You know, just the really aggressive short guy. I'm like, just easy there, little buddy. Well, and like when they're doing the shootout. I was thinking of how many movies he's been in where he's had to, like, hide behind something and shoot at people. And it's a lot. <laughs> That's his move. Yeah, I took, like, no, it was Hurt Locker, this one, Mission Impossible, um, Avengers, Born. SWAT, Born, Hansel and Gretel, technically. Ew, boy. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the set. Like we would mentioned, I think the... The, the fact that it is in Boston and Charlestown is a, a, a good thing. Like if it, this would not fit somewhere else. Like if they put this in, hey, this is, uh, this is in the North Bottoms or this is in the Havelock area of Lincoln. Oh shit. Nobody knows that. what the North Bottoms is. Oh, I get it. Cause it's like the, 
the suburb of Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. I was not playing along there. <laughs> They'd be like, this yeah, is this in is, Bethany. That's right. This is in this is in the Havelock area of Lincoln, and you do not want to walk around at night there, boy. Right. Somebody might ask you if you need a ride home. <laughs> They'd be like, what? hey, are you doing all right? Like, uh, it's getting kind of late. Do you need anything? <laughs> you want a steak? Misty's is right over here. Yeah. Oh. I'm good. What's Anyway, anyway, that's funny. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, obviously, the location is huge. Um, I really like, you know, as far I mean, I don't even know. It just it looked really realistic, and you know, it it made, like I said, it set the scene, and it was a thread throughout the whole movie. Obviously, we go to Fenway, we get to see like the big the shots of the town and things like that. So I think it re- it was a really important part, and I think they did a good job of kind of. Showing it off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it brings to light the good and the bad of the area. Sure, sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah, So I like that. Uh, If you had to give this a rating, Miss I Own This Blu-ray, what what sort of rating would you give us? One. (laughs) Um, Can't wait to burn this shit. Yeah. Um, I I hadn't watched it since we bought it, which I don't know what that means, but... um, Went to the theater to see it, and I do like it. I, w- I don't know if it's one that I would, like, make people see. I wouldn't go, you know, but I, I liked it, and we own it, and so I would probably give it a four. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd give it a four, too. I'd say if people haven't seen it, they definitely should see it. I think that it's a good movie. Uh, I think that it, it kind of adds to the fact that even though we're not really talking about this aspect of him, that I think Ben Affleck is a better director than he is an actor. And I think that at this point in his life, he's a pretty good actor. So, Ooh, was that a double backhanded compliment? Uh, I don't know, maybe. It was, a, it was a compliment compliment. Sure, sure. <laughs> so there you go. So anything else, Cruz, before we wrap this first episode of Volume 2 up? Um, yeah, we didn't talk about John Hammond. I just want to say that he's attractive. Oh, he, uh, he could do terrible things to Cruz, and everyone's aware of it, even Brad. I didn't even say that. You That's, are putting words into my mouth. Well, All I said was he was attractive. If wow. chance we may have recorded this before, I'm pretty sure that's where you're going. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You don't know <laughs> what you're talking about, sir. Anyway, so if you have any comments for our uh, comeback, our own comeback, for the show, Positive. that you want to hear us talk about, you can email us at plainlabelpodcast.gmail.com, but nobody does that shit anymore, so you can message us over at Twitter. Our handle is at Plain Label Pod. You can find us over there. I'm at Eric Williams 79. Rachel is at Lady Z-Lag. Lady S-Z-E-L-A-G. Z-Lag like flag. We also have a Facebook page where you could like this show. Just search for Plain Label Podcast. We also have an Instagram account. Uh, you could follow that. It's also, conveniently enough, named at Plain Label Podcast or just Plain Label Podcast. And you can follow Rachel over at Instagram. It's also just Lady Z-Lag. I believe. That's right. It's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to help us out, you could head over to Amazon.com. You could search for our wish list. We have a whole bunch of stuff over there. Some of it helps the podcast out. Some of it's just because we're greedy and poor. Just search for the <laughs> wish list called Plain Label Podcast. So thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode on Comebacks. Yes.